Hi, this is Andrew Lotto. Welcome to another edition of Sadistically Speaking. One of the reasons I called this podcast Sadistically Speaking is because it refers to a, a phrase we often use, which is statistically speaking, where people suggest that they're making a more progressive argument because they're talking from statistics. However, it's the fact that most people in America don't understand statistics, they don't understand numbers, and in fact, they're pretty math-phobic. And I think that's one of the main reasons we can't get decent discussions between people because of this phobia about anything having to do with math. I want to give an example of how important math is, and it comes from a recent interview. In fact, I believe it came out last night, uh, which would have been October 3rd, 2020, which was an Axios interview on HBO with Donald Trump. And uh, the interview itself has made a lot of headlines because Trump says a whole lot of stupid shit, which is amazing. It's given me uh, happiness to watch him ramble on and say dumb things. But uh, the, and in fact, the interview is set up to be anti-Trump in a great way. It starts off, the first shot is the gate outside the White House where there are Black Lives Matter signs. Then there's a sign as you walk in the White House that says masks required. And then it shows the interviewer sitting down and Trump walking in and treating him like he's a gnat. Um, I don't understand why anybody puts in effort to make Trump look bad because the moment he opens his mouth, it's over. But the interviewer in this case is a guy named Jonathan Swan, who I believe last year won the award for most punchable face. This smug little prick is talking to uh, Trump. And at one point, he smugly asks... Tell me exactly what day, what date you can give me that every U.S. citizen will be uh, able to have a rapid test for COVID virus. And Trump rambles on because he doesn't know anything. And then Trump says, you know, there's some people who say you can test too much. And little smug McSmug face, Swan, laughs and goes, no one would say such a thing. (laughs) Well, listen, little fuck face. Let's just do some math. If you tested every American, if you gave every American all at the same time a test for the COVID virus, what would be the result? And to do this, I'm going to have to make some assumptions. I'm going to try to take assumptions that are most in favor of testing for COVID, and let's see what happens. Now, unfortunately, we know very little about the tests for COVID-19, the SARS novel virus, or whatever you want to call it. Now, what I'm going to take instead are the, what we know about the test for influenza, the rapid test for influenza. And this is all numbers from the CDC. So this is the test that if you went to the doctor and said, I think I have the flu, they'd give you this test and tell you whether you had the flu or not. There are two things we want to know about a test uh, in particular. One is what we call the sensitivity and the other is the specificity. The sensitivity of a test is if you have the flu, what is the likelihood that you'll come up with a positive test? Okay. So if I have this disease, what's the likelihood the test will come up and tell me I have the disease? For the rapid test for the flu, there are a variety of studies and they range in uh, sensitivity from 10% to 80%. Now, the low end of that's pretty scary. What it says is if you test, if you have the flu and you come in with the flu and take the test, the chances you get a positive is 10%. That's pretty bad. Uh, I'm going to take the number that the CDC considers a decent estimate for the uh, sensitivity of the test, which is 55%, meaning 
If you have the flu and you come in, the chances you'll get a positive test is 55%. Specificity is the likelihood you get a positive test if you don't have the flu. So what's the, what's the likelihood you could get a false positive? Now, the rapid flu test, according to the CDC, uh, this actually ranges from uh, about 15% to 0%, but the right in the middle and the, what's considered is that the most reasonable estimate is 8%, meaning it's 8% chance that you will get a, neg- a positive test if you don't have the flu. In terms of specificity, that's considered a 92%, but um, let's think of it as an 8% chance of getting a false positive. Okay, so let's presume that's the case for the coronavirus. 55% sensitivity, 92% specificity. It's unlikely it's anywhere near that good, but I'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt. All right, now note that we don't give every American a flu test. When's the last time you've actually been tested for the flu? If you weren't sick, chances are you weren't tested. Generally, the people who get flu tests are people who are sick. That's what we normally do. And there's a reason for that because you've already indicated from your symptoms that there is a probability that you have the flu. So the test is added to that probability on top of it. Okay. Unfortunately, Mr. Smuggy fucking McSmug face wants all Americans tested. Uh, So does Anderson Cooper. He talks about that all the time when he's not showing pictures of his kid or his dog. So, all right, let's presume we test every American all at the same time. Now, first thing we need to know is what is the actual infection rate of COVID in the United States? Fortunately, we don't know that either. The estimates vary. I'm going to take the most extreme estimate. So, if you actually take the number of cases and the tests, it's in New York, for instance, it was somewhere around 9%. Uh, Generally in the country, it's varied from, say, 1%. Uh, up to the seven or eight percent. There are some studies based on questionable data that suggest that the worst, that it could be up to 14%. I'm gonna take 14%. It's very unlikely. Sometime I'll run the numbers when it's closer to what it's probably, which is 2%. If we took, it's probably closer to that, but let's say it's 14%, which is the highest number anyone's come up with, okay? So, the U.S. population is about 328 million. If you take 14% of those people, then the most dire prognosis we have is 46 million people. Is 14%. That means 46 million people have it. Now, of course, they don't all have it at the same time, uh, which would make this even worse for the numbers I'm giving. But let's say everyone who has it had it at the same time. Holy shit, I'm giving you a benefit of the doubt. Okay, so let's test everyone. How many positive tests do I get? Well, okay, so for those 46 million Americans who actually have it, because the sensitivity of this is 55%, means 55% of those 46 million would come up with a positive test. That's roughly 25,300,000. 25,300,000 people would end up with a positive on the test who actually have COVID, okay? That means uh, uh, that the number of people who don't have the test or don't have the virus. So if 46 million have it, then 328 million minus 46 million means that 28,200,000 people don't have the virus. That would be the other 85%. If all those people were tested, how many people would come up with a false positive? Well, 8% of them. 
right? Our, so it's specific, our specificity is 8%. So if 282 million people come up with it and 8% come up with the positive, that would be 25,300,000 people who come up with a positive who don't have COVID, all right? So that means that if we tested everybody, the number of positive cases would be in the range of 47,860,000. That's 25,300,000 who actually have it and 22,560,000 that don't have it. If we assume everybody rushes to a hospital bed who tests positive, we'd be in trouble because there's only, on the, av- uh, the estimate is 930,000 hospital beds in the country. So we would certainly overwhelm the system with all these people because they're freaked out because they came positive for COVID and Anderson Cooper's telling them they'll die instantly. Uh, so they would overwhelm the system. But let's forget about that. Here's the question. If you went and did your test, What's the probability that you actually have COVID? Well, it's actually pretty easy to work out. Uh, there's 25,300,000 people who test positive who actually have the disease. And, a, and there's a total of 47,860,000 people who test positive for the disease. That includes the people who have it and don't. You divide those by each other. The chances on this way too positive scenario that you have the disease if you test positive is 53% chance. 53% chance that you actually have the disease if you get a positive test. In fact, if you're trying to decide to go to the hospital, might as well flip a coin, heads go to the hospital, tails don't, because at that point, that's the decision on whether you have the disease or not. That's the probabilities. So what about, uh, so that's, so we overwhelm the hospitals with almost half of the people, right? 47% of the people who would go in and go, I have the COVID, I got tested and got the COVID, 47% of them don't actually have the disease. How many people do we release into the world as walking time bombs who think they don't have the disease anymore and are confident because they took the test and came up negative? Well, of those 46 million people who would have the disease, 45% of them won't test positive. That's the sensitivity. That means... 20,700,000 20,700,000 people will walk around with a, with a negative test even though they have the virus. So that's the problem if you test everyone. If you don't limit tests to those people who are likely to have it and then add the information in with their symptoms and contact, etc., then you end up with a situation where if you get a positive thing, you have a 50% chance you actually have the disease and that you have 20 million people walking around thinking they don't have the disease. And that's because people don't understand the numbers. All right? So fuck you, Mr. Smuggy McSmug face. Trump wins on this one, even though he didn't know what he was talking about. Pass the tequila. Out!